Is that what I'm saying? Rough trade radio. 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 And welcome back to the Rough Trade Podcast. This week, massive week of new music with albums from Cigarettes After Sex, Swans, Van Morrison, Rex Orange County. The list really does go on. There's also a new Coldplay 7-inch ahead of a new double album that arrives next month. But perhaps the biggest news in the last seven days... I'm going to rewind that. I think it's not perhaps, it's definitely the biggest news in the last seven days has been the reveal of Rough Trade Shops' Counterculture 2019. So for anyone who doesn't know, this is our ultimate compilation of tracks that we have been loving over the last 12 months, um, at featuring shop and star favourites, many of which you will be familiar with and I am sure have a shared fondness for. I will stick the link in the show notes, so do get in there and have a good nosy at the track list. It's cracking list this year I've got to say um, coming up later in the show I must also mention that I sat down with Tim and Leela from the wonderful Transgressive for a chat about their milestone 15 years and also what the future holds for the label so stay tuned for that in the meantime though here is a taster to kick things off a taster from Crown to Concha 2019 in the form of Melbourne creative Spike Fuck her debut album arrives next year and we just can't wait for it um, here is the song that caught our attention and won our adoration. This is Junkie Logic. Well, I love this girl. She was like a mother to me. And I really like that part of her person. We should listen to me And she'd take care of everything Even when I was kicking She was so understanding I got one I got two I got three friends that died From constant drug use Now I'm losing weight And I even lost my leg I'm worried about a couple of things I didn't said Now three years on, I'm back at home, I'm alone And I'm on methadone and I'm lying here in my bed And I guess I got a similar thing going on But this one's definitely more like Hedipus Rex And I guess I'm kind of free and at least I'm not dead Though I'm addicted to drugs, yeah, I can still give good head And I got one I got two I lost three years of my life to constant drug use And when I get home to Melbourne Hey, I'll make it safe and clean And if I seem kind of distant Hey, well, you know that's not like me When our fires all burn down, they know it means too dark to see. And I know heaven won't want me till I'm clean. so sick and I seem to have a little more time and I don't feel like I'm the last one alive and the body aches they seem to leave me behind where well, my head's getting thicker and I got more sight and I might even get a couple of hours of sleep tonight and I mean I still feel dirty and I still have to lie but at least I don't feel quite so I got two. I 
Spike Fuck, one to watch for 2020. On to new records this week then, and Josh Homme and his merry band of brilliant band members, including Channel 4 royalty Matt Berry, has spoiled us with a new mixtape, Desert Sessions. In fact, apparently the longest running mixtape in existence is back with Sessions 11 and 12. I can tell you it was worth the wait. I'm on to talk. I've been rinsing this record all flipping weekend. Um, I have a couple of favourites on it, including lead single Crucifier and also Something You Can't See, but I'm going to play you Noses and Roses forever. It's just quintessentially Queens of the Stone Age sounding with Josh's vocals and some killer riffs in there. The sort of ones where just when you think the song is finishing, it all kicks back off again. It's just great. Um, So yeah, here we go.
that was Desert Sessions. If you have any sense at all, you're going to go buy that. If you don't already own it, it's just whew, flipping good. Um, next, an Irish poet and performer, Sinead O'Brien, releases her new single, A Thing You Call Joy, on 10-inch red vinyl this week. The new single follows O'Brien's first music of 2019, Taking On Time, which was the landmark 30th single release on Dan Carey's Speedy Wonderground label. Um, a Thing Called Joy, though, is a sardonic spit at society's expectations on mental health, and we are here for it. Take a listen. Grip the water flowing and it falls faster from the palms. You told me so calm and knowing to watch its working flow and not to grip the hold of something. So stoic it can't be stolen. the wonderful Sinead O'Brien. Next up we have Black Marble whose origins lie in Brooklyn, New York but whose album is Rough Trade UK Album of the Week this week. So Black Marble is the project of singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Chris Stewart whose music is influenced by Cold Wave, early 80s synth pop and also Peter Hook's bass. This is his third album called Bigger Than Life and it is a solitary, sparse album that offers a far more open sky look at loneliness than his previous material um yeah check out this track it's called private show
That was Black Marble and Private Show. You can grab new album Bigger Than Life on Rough Trade exclusive yellow vinyl right now at roughtrade.com. So Tim and Leela of Transgressive are my five to one guests this week. Coming up right after Rob's Roundup. Rough Trade Radio. Busy, busy, busy time in what us in the biz call a Q4, the business end of the year. We're getting ready to look back at the end of the year, but we're also looking to look back further than just this year. You know, there's been a few years before this, thank you, 2019. So let's round up some reissues. Just three of them I want to chat to you about today. Um, what we got? We've got an all-time classic. We've got uh, some records from possibly a, a modern-day pop genius. And also, we're hitting on a mysterious disappearing guy who's left behind only his body of work. This year marks the 50th birthday of Arthur. Not your smelly uncle, but the seventh Kinks album, Arthur, or the decline and fall of the British Empire. Um, you, come on, you know the Kinks by now. If not, there's plenty of plen- Wikipedia on that. Um, They've reissued it, and they've also chucked in a lost album by Dave Davies. Um, This is a rock-pop opera. You know, bands were trying that out. But this is the kink, so it's done with their kind of brand of British wit. Um, The album cover, as you know, looks like a Monty Python thing. And it's got, you know, if if we're going by the rule, um, you need three bangers to confirm that you need an album. That's the rule. Um, Victoria, Australia, Shangri-La. It's out on a lovely little uh, double CD and a nice little booklet thing. It's out on a really, really nice uh, double vinyl. And also, like, if you're feeling flush or you've got somebody you really love, get them the nice deluxe CD box set. Now let's talk about a problematic oddball. Not, not your Uncle Arthur, although happy 50th birthday uh, to your uncle. Now we're talking about Ariel Pink, who as I said about a minute ago, is our pop genius that I was chatting about. He's brought out a trio of uh, reissues. Oddities, Schmodities, Volume 2, This is Haunted Graffiti, Loverboy, and Underground. Um, Out on Mexican Summer, of course. What can you expect? You can expect some real, real odd pop. But this guy has the ability, you know, if you don't know him, to write hooks that just end up finding their way into your brain for days. He's also, um, and I don't want to argue about this, he's the best person at doing a fake phone call to himself or answering machine uh, call to himself um, in music. Again, I do not want to be added about that. And finally, the tale of Enigma. A man who just went missing one day. Again, we're not talking about your Uncle Arthur. He was found five days later in Weatherspoons, uh, annoying all the waitresses. No, we're talking about Jim Sullivan, who was a guy who just loaded up his VW Bug in 1975. And without a trace, still haven't found him. But all that we've got left of him is three wonderful albums, um, which Light and the Ike have wonderfully put together. The first one, UFO. Uh, which was his 1969 album. Light in the Attic dealt with that a few years ago. But now we've got two new records, two new old records uh, from Jim Sullivan, uh, If the Evening Were Dawn, and a self-titled record. This guy made some... If you're if you into Lee Hazelwood, and we know how well our friends at Light in the Attic have uh, looked after his catalogue, um, you're kind of expecting a similar sound. It's that cool country folk sounds, that rootsy kind of coolness. Uh, I'm going to play a track of Jim Sullivan's uh, self-titled, and it's a track called Tea Leaves.
a girl as you're reading his fortune in tea leaves. Your knowing, not showing, your heart will be broken if he leaves. All she said was that you would find a happiness. What could you see in her eyes? You would have to guess. He smiles on the outside and inside of thought he is. Has rings through her ears, mystic charm round her neck is misleading. All she said was that you would find a happiness. What could you see in her eyes? You would have to guess. Thank you to Rob. Five to one next. And I'm really, really happy to be able to welcome Tim and Leela of Transgressive Records. So Transgressive, of course, one of the most prolific and prominent UK labels that shot to the forefront of British indie music in 2004. With early releases from The Subways, Mystery Jets and also The Young Knives, Transgressive's keen ear then went on to pick up the likes of Johnny Flynn, Foles, Pulled Apart by Horses and a further heavy hit, hardworking collection of stars. They are now celebrating 15 years with a roster of wonderful artists from all over the globe and we couldn't be more excited to feature them on the walls of our UK shops this month. US fans, fear not, many of the releases mentioned here are of course available for you guys too. They are likely just on a different label in America. So it was a very, very busy pre-show afternoon at East, I have to say, when we recorded this. So you will forgive us if the sound quality perhaps isn't quite up to the usual standard. But here we go, five to one. Tim and Leela, a very warm welcome to the Rough Trade podcast. Hi. 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 Um, congratulations, of course, on Transgressive being our Rough Trade label focus for this month and hopefully till the end of the year, which would be really exciting. Um, we're obviously really, really delighted to have you guys um, adorn our shop walls with all of your wonderful records and roster. Um, and congratulations also on turning 15. Thanks. 15 years of transgressive. Yeah, the whole thing's been an honour with Rough Trade as well. It's nice seeing our stuff so prominent. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. It makes it, um, you know, like you work across the years and, you know, you go through like um, different albums and, uh, you know, different artists and different cycles. And then you walk into a shop, you know, your favourite shop, and it's got like all the releases together. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, very heartwarming. So. Has the 15 years kind of crept up on you a little bit or does it feel like... As a lot happened in a short time, basically. Um, well, it's it's kind of like you don't really see time go by, and then when you take time to stop and look back, that's when it you know you realise it really has crept up on you. I think it's when um, someone told me when you have a kid, it's the uh, the days are really long, but the years are short, and I think it feels the same doing a label. Like you spend so much time working really hard, yeah, in in the mire, and yeah. then. When you turn around, you're like, oh, that came out like three years ago and it yeah. still feels new to us or, yeah. you know, or we're not ready to listen to it again there's, yet. There's definitely like <laughs> a warped uh, sense of time because you can work for an album, you know, an album for, you know, over two years. And mm. uh, when it comes out uh, for you, it's kind of, it feels like, you know, like work that's yeah. taken ages. Yeah. And you're very ingrained as part of you. And yeah. uh, when it comes out, it's just new to people and you kind yeah. of have to introduce it like that as well so that's like a, a new life yeah I think it's kind of the opposite in a record shop you feel like something that came out last week was like two months ago yeah. because there's so much coming in and out so that's kind of interesting um I want to rewind then maybe just to 2014 and maybe just ask you guys about how the label started how it all came about whose idea it was all that jazz I think it was um kind of uh just confluence of people that hadn't been in the music industry before, didn't really know what we were doing. We were kind of like friends coming out from a different place um, and wanting to celebrate artists that we felt weren't getting getting heard or weren't getting treated right and just kind of making it up as we go along a bit, really. Yeah, it definitely like, had that sense of um, possibility and, you know, you're working with people you like and trust uh, and artists you admire uh, mm. and love, uh, obviously. So it's... Um, it's, uh, I mean, for me personally, it's, it was a dream that I didn't really um, see as an achievable uh, career. And it kind of happened and every day I'm, yeah, I'm very happy about it. So, yeah. Did you kind of learn on the job, as it were, or did you do quite a lot of research before kind well, of launching it? We'd all been um, trying different things, I think. Um, I think it's like the, the thing I like the most about our story is... It is, obviously there's a huge dose of luck in everything, which I, I don't take away from, but it has literally been kind of like a manifestation of a group of people who had fairly limited resources to start off with and fairly limited connections really to start off with, mm. working together to create something bigger than the sum of its parts. And I think that's still, you know, now I feel like we're still massively ambitious and have a lot more that we want to achieve. But I feel like we punch above our weight now and we'll continue to do so mm. um, as as we keep ticking off things off the bucket list. But back then it was it was the same ethos. It's like you know, the first records, we didn't know what distribution was. So I literally lugged a box to the old rough trade in Covent Garden and was yes. like, will you take these? And they were like, yeah. And then it started selling and they were like, we want more. I was like, oh, we haven't pressed enough and we've got no more money to press anymore. So... <laughs> Um, and that was the, you know, it's learnings, really. Yeah. Yeah, lots lots of trips at the post office and yeah. <laughs> lots of yeah. angry people in the yeah. queue behind you. <laughs> I have 500 records to ship. <laughs> I think one of the things that stands out the most to me about you guys as a label, and maybe in comparison to a lot of other labels, is the diversity of the music that you have and that no record or artist is kind of bound by a genre which you sometimes see a lot in other labels um was that kind of I think you kind of said that in, the, in your last answer but was that kind of quite a conscious decision when starting out that you didn't want it to be limited at all absolutely I think uh, we all have very different music tastes and uh, we uh, are all very open musically and like strive to work with the best artists in every genre so we never want to limit ourselves to anything really uh, we just want to work with the best I always found it really disappointing as well. Like even with like classic labels that I absolutely love, you'd find this thing with let's pick a defunct one that's not going to upset anyone, but it's obviously brilliant. Like like Creation, good example. Mm. Legendary label, some of my favourite records. But you have these windows where they'd have success with one thing, and then you get like three or four kind of inferior versions of that, or people from the same town, and it felt like 
uh, entrepreneurial, but kind of arbitrary. And I think for us, we kind of like the challenge of having something entirely different each time. And so not having a sense of competition for the same spot on the roster. And yeah. having like a, like a build to you know, interesting new, new things. And yeah, new keeps ideas. it really fun as well, because your day essentially is like working on very, you know, different campaigns yeah. and um, uh, yeah. So. And I guess you discover so much more music working that way because you're not kind of seeking out similar stuff each time and you find things that maybe you didn't even know existed. Precisely, yes. And you're tapping into like certain niches sometimes that um, you're not familiar with and that's really exciting because you just um, um, work on yourself really and you just, it keeps you on your toes and uh, yeah. just kind of like learn new, um, new things. Yeah. I think it's like since since the internet has made it less intimidating to go into like really niche spaces as well, I think that like most most modern music fans and most like younger people like a real range of music as well. And that's super healthy. You don't have to be tribal. I think there's a there's a through line to transgressive, which is broadly I think probably outside of music in general. Like there's very few things that kind of like I don't know. Um, even even our most direct acts are kind of a bit like weirdos in a nice way, <laughs> like, you know, like us. Like yeah. you know, that's the thing. It's like yeah. we're coming out from definitely popularizing the the outsider as opposed to, I mean, you know, like Bowie can be super direct, but was still obviously a pretty strange yeah. guy. And, yeah. and I think that's the kind of thing we look for that excitement, that difference, that yeah. individualism, because yeah. you don't want. On bland no. music, and, and also like patterns that kind of um, patterns that make you uh, fall into uh, habits and um, and uh, set ways of doing things. But for example, when you work with a band like uh, you know Songwei Blues or Kokoko or a new um, artist from uh, Taiwan that we've just signed, it's uh, you're listening to music uh, which lyrics you don't understand, and mm. so automatically it puts you in a different spot. And you're like, oh, okay, so I really love this, and just it's a different way of, uh, of viewing it and, you know, um, commercialising it as well, I guess, to people who won't understand, well, in our uh, country anyway, won't uh, understand lyrics straight away. So in other case, it's just like yeah. new avenues. Yeah. Have you ever felt like you've been at kind of the forefront of creating, I don't want to say trend, but maybe like a, a new kind of scene or kind of following of people towards a certain type of music that they otherwise wouldn't have discovered if you hadn't kind of brought it to their attention? We've got some nice, like, camaraderie in the roster at the mm. moment, I think, and that's brushing off in the fans a bit. Like, there have been a ton of people who are really into that. They were probably Sophie fans, first of all, or maybe even Charlie XCX fans, then Sophie fans, <laughs> then, like, Let's See Grandma, and then they were like, like, I think because yeah, though it's really different musically, there's been like a friendship and through line that's moved them maybe more into like Boniface and, and uh, Blind Avon and things like that as well and you get like these groups of sort of just I think sensitive intelligent open-minded people kind yeah. of stumbling onto stuff but yeah. um yeah it's always different that's mm. the thing I wouldn't expect anyone to like everything on our roster except for us probably <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing looking ahead then are there any challenges that you have experienced recently or going forward do you anticipate any challenges with this kind of constant up and down of like the music industry business and I guess consumer habits and things like streaming and physical is it does it all play into how you plan your year or who you sign or it's something that you definitely cannot plan <laughs> because you always have like you know changes in the industry and changes changes how like um people consume like art and culture and that will continually see change and uh, for us you know we're a very uh, nimble team and so we've got like a very tight gang i mean there's five of us in the office it's um uh tim toby uh mike and grace and, and i and um so whenever something new comes at the horizon, we're able to adapt to it really quickly and it makes it more exciting because you want to kind of like immediately embrace it. So I guess um, in terms of like future proofing, uh, we don't want to, you know, we, we know where we want to end, but um, we know that there's going to be bump on the road, bumps on the roads and there's going to be like uh, happy accidents as well. So we're ready for that. It yeah. certainly doesn't affect our signing policy. Mm. We like genuinely, we don't care about stats or anything. It's like 
if it's a if it's a person we fall in love with yeah. then that really counts that's because yeah. that's where you know you have a long relationship it's music first and then normally you know you find you, find, you often find that if you're relating to the music there's mm. a good basis for a proper relationship with someone yeah. and that's uh, you know that's a key yeah. driver awesome um i'm also going to mention that of course anyone who buys a transgressive album gets a free sampler with it which is really cool um did you all kind of put that together was it quite hard to like cherry pick <laughs> oh yes yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah um you know you start with a list of uh, okay so everyone pick their pick their faves and then you inevitably end up with 50 tracks who fit on a cd and yeah we do like records management and publishing and we treat everyone as transgressive because we're kind of yeah. like that's how we approach things yeah. um it's like there's loads of boring licensing challenges and things as well so it's kind of like I feel like on this one we've got a really yeah. good blend and really good buy and most people are represented I think it could have done with the Marie Catman track because you know we love her and yeah. manage and publish her and that last album I think is one of the best that we've been involved with as yeah. well um, so um, it's been played non-stop here great yeah. we love Rightly it it's so, so good <laughs> but, um, yeah. no thank you guys so so much we obviously love you and we're so excited to have you as our label focus as i've said already um good luck with everything you do in the future obviously we'll see you again no doubt very soon um could you pick a track or some tracks that we could play again it's like picking your kids but maybe something new that's on the way um, uh, definitely like makes it uh, uh, yeah the, the the something you makes it easier to narrow down for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah. um, after you. i'm gonna pick uh, a track called i want you by blind avon uh whose album uh i mean when this podcast is out uh, we would have literally just uh surprise dropped and it's an absolutely phenomenal album and it's been um uh, uh, a tricky start of the year for for, for this band, um, uh, and um, you know, due to Ben having some um, mental health um, uh, issues, but he's absolutely much better now. And this album's coming out, and this is a really beautiful track and a kind of very um, oh, I don't know. It's full of optimism and beautiful. So, um, a really nice track to listen to now. When it gets dark. I'll leave my window open to crack and pull you up Into a world of dust and sparks When I'm living, I check to see if anyone's
So it's such a poignant track what you just played. <laughs> I'm going to go for a party jam. <laughs> um, I was thinking, um, so Julian Chong's album, that's like, it's incredible. He's uh, 19 from Baltimore, plays everything himself. He had his first ever gig at Rough Trade in New York uh, last week. Okay, wow. Um, and that was apparently from everyone there, kind of breathtaking. And Actually um, playing, uh, well, when this podcast is out, he'll be in London uh, playing a couple yeah. of shows. So, so yeah, um, definitely see him live. Yeah. He's doing uh, Servants Jazz Quarters yeah. and Bermondsey Social Club. Mm. So um, come down. But the album's called Jewels, and it's like some of it's kind of, it's got everything in there, kind of Quincy Jones, Pink Floyd, bit of like Tame Impala vibes I guess as well kind of mm. it's like a great exploration of sound with like proper songs and substance and I think I'd like to play off the past because it just it's a, gets you gets you moving. Tim and Lena thank you so so much. Thank, thank you. you so much.
big thanks to Tim and Leela for chatting to me. We are all huge fans at Rough Trade of Transgressive and continue to be impressed with the amazing array of talent that they help bring to the forefront year after year. Really, really great work, guys. So sadly, we aren't hearing from George this week. I think they are up to their eyeballs in new releases over in NYC. And also this past weekend, Liam Gallagher did an album signing. So I think it was pretty hectic all round. Um, I actually watched Liam Gallagher's documentary on the plane back from New York a couple of weeks ago when I was on my holiday. And I have to say, I really, really enjoyed it. I think Love Him or Hate Him is obviously got an interesting story. Um, and especially if you love Supersonic, the Oasis documentary, it kind of follows on nicely from that um, and continues the story. So worth a watch if you're interested. Anyway, I digress. Um, to play us out this week, you may or may not have been aware that the double orange indies only vinyl for the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood soundtrack came out on Friday. So never one to curate a bad soundtrack. Tarantino has done it again, capturing the 1969 period very perfectly with this biblical kind of collection of music. Um, when the CD came out, we played this so, so much at Rough Trade East that when I got around to actually seeing the film, I was really disappointed that the music came in and out in little snippets. I think I wanted it to blast the full soundtrack throughout the action, but I guess it's always the way that soundtracks are kind of an extended version of what's sampled in a film. That said, it's still a... Well, it's a brilliant collection. And yet again, I've struggled to pick a song to play out with, but I have perhaps predictably gone for Deep Purple's Hush. Some people might be interested to know, not originally recorded by Deep Purple, but actually Billy Joe Royal. Um, I am probably really late to the game with that one, but hey, I didn't know it. So cool fact. Thank you so, so much for listening as always. And also thank you for some really, really lovely reviews recently that we have had over on Apple Podcasts. They are very, very much appreciated. So thank you so, so much. Here is Hush, and I will catch up with you next week. Bye.
Rough Trade Radio. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.